pleased to be joined with Howl at the Moon headline artist, Dean Brody. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, Mr. Dave. How are you? You know what? I'm doing very well. Summer's flying by, man. Like, do you get some time off in the summer, or is that really when you go to town touring-wise? Man, normally we're super busy in the summer, but because of the tour this fall, like Howl at the Moon is probably one of my... I think I have two festivals this summer, so it's been really quiet and kind of awesome and... I haven't had a summer like for probably eight years where I can actually just have a couple weeks, just chill out. So yeah, we just had this one major show this summer just because we are touring in the fall. We didn't want to take away from those markets. So, and yeah, just doing a little bit of traveling. Went out, out west a couple times this summer already just to get back in, in BC. And it's been good, man. Up on the East Coast as well, PEI and Nova Scotia. So it's, it's been uh, refreshing to have some time just to, to actually enjoy summer and not be traveling all the time. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of fans maybe don't understand is they think that you get to travel Canada and you get to see all these great things, but man, you're kind of you're working every night. Like you don't get to actually spend a lot of time in, you know, like back home in BC or out in Newfoundland like you do now in the summer. Like you actually get to see stuff now. Yeah, no, it's awesome and um it is a little hot like we're in Nashville right now. I've been here a couple of years and but last summer I wasn't here like I was in Canada the whole summer. I didn't appreciate, like, how hot it gets down here, man. It's, like, so hot. And it's, like, 40 <laughs> degrees, but then you get humidity. So it's just, like, people say it's kind of like winter here because no one's outside. You look outside in the streets and nobody's out because it's so hot. <laughs> what a what a weird way to go from, like, you come from Canada where it's we do hide in the winter and now it's scorching in Nashville, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's a big, especially for a Canadian. I think our blood's just a little bit thicker and, you know, we're used to having some coats on and, and, uh, but, yeah, you get down to the south here, and it's just relentless. But I've had worse jobs, man. I love travel. I do love – this is the travel I don't like, but playing, like, when we play festivals, summer festivals, and they're a blast, man. Like, they're a party uh, on wheels backstage. So nothing to complain about there. Just just the travel can be a little bit little bit tiring. Yes, talking with Dean Brody. Now, Dean, uh, fans from the southeast and Steinbach may remember back to 2010 when you were here for summer in the city. You were the first ever – country headliner uh do you remember anything about that show i just remember um we had some rain some bad weather is this the one where we ended up in the fire hall that is the one where you ended up in the okay, fire okay. hall <laughs> yeah yeah and that was awesome that's one of my best memories from my entire career was that night and just how we kind of we did, made the best of it of a bad situation and and you guys put up with us playing in the fire hall like that was super cool man that's something me and the guys will never forget fans still come up to us the, like today and they'll talk about that show to have that kind of lasting impact i mean what does that mean to you to to still be able to connect with fans you know that may have seen you 10 years ago uh, it means a lot yeah like this whole journey started yeah probably 10 years ago now when brothers first came out and to still be doing this and still be writing songs that people appreciate and can relate to it, it means a lot like when you start out on this journey, like the music, being an artist and, you know, trying to make your way in the music world, um, for me, myself, like I never thought I'd have a career as long as I have. So I'm so appreciative to my fans and you guys for playing me. Um, I hope I can keep doing it for years to come. Talking with Dean Brody, uh, I was lucky enough a couple of years ago, in fact, like seven or eight years ago, you were on tour with Aaron Lines and Derek Rutan. And we got to uh, have a chat with all three of you at one point. But I just remember it, the camaraderie you guys had and, and how much fun you guys had together really stood out. You've made some really great friends in the music world. And it seems like 
Uh, you're just you, you have a great time no matter where you are. When you're with other artists, do you guys just kind of relate a little bit more together because you know the touring schedule, because you know the lifestyle, you guys kind of understand each other a little bit more? Yeah, definitely, because it is kind of a unique job, and it's kind of hard to explain to people. Like, unless you live it, it's it's a really, it's a, it's a dreamer's kind of world, and it's it's a creative world, and it's a there's all these these things that that this lifestyle is like that it's hard to really like tell people what it's like. And so when when I meet someone like Dallas Smith or a Johnny Reed or whatever, it's like it doesn't take long for you just to have that camaraderie because in their world as well, there's only a few people that they know that fully understand what they do. And so I feel like it is a small family. Like I get along with all my country music brothers and sisters in Canada and in the U.S. just because it's a unique thing, man, being on a stage and, and trying to write songs and wrestling with this, the business side of a music business. And, and so, yeah, definitely there's a camaraderie there that's, that comes quick and friendships that'll last forever because of that. Getting to hold a crowd in your hand, though, when you're on stage, you know, they're singing every word back to you. That's got to be uh, a very unique experience as well. Yeah, man, especially for me, like writing my songs. I get so scared when I write a song. I'm like, okay, I really don't have too many people to bounce it off of. I'm not co-writing, so I, I'm a little bit more, like, anxious about when a song goes out there. And so when it actually does well and then we go out on tour and it comes back to us, we're singing, and thousands of people are singing those lyrics that... You wrote somewhere off in a corner. It's so cool, man. And that magic for me, as well as radio, like hearing their song, like a new single on the radio for the first time, that never gets old. Like that's just, it's still just, it's a, an adrenaline rush and a special moment. Is there pressure that comes with writing? Because I mean, I'm looking at the numbers of your songs and your singles and how your albums do. And man, like there's so many top tens, there's number ones in there. Like, is there pressure writing now, like 10 years later that? You've set the bar so high? Yeah, I've set it high for myself, and I think, yeah, I definitely put pressure on myself, a lot of pressure. And, yeah, so far it works. Like, that pressure makes me write, be very critical of myself. And I want to I make music that people can relate to. I don't just want to make music for the sake of myself. I want to be able to share this experience and continue sharing it for years ahead. And so, yeah, it's like I put a lot of pressure on myself writing for an album. At the same time, I have fun. So I think if I can just keep that going, if it's fun and I'm having fun writing it and singing it, that should translate when we get out in the bigger crowds and, and you guys start playing on the radio. I'm just going to keep trying to do that. Uh, you know, just keep my stick on the ice and try to keep doing that stuff. And I'd love to keep doing this for years to come. Well, you're on a you're on a great path for that. I mean, like it seems like everything you touch turns to gold, and you're becoming one of those one of those artists in Canada. When you think about Canadian music, you think of Dean Brody. What's that like to kind of be on that upper echelon of 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 music, especially coming out of our country where there's so many great artists now? Yeah, there's so much good country music right now coming out of Canada, and I'm just happy to be one of the boats that's floating on that 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 wave you know like we're doing so good right now i'm so proud of where the business and where the industry is uh like as canadians like i just feel like it's just such a strong strong um creative force out there and happy to be part of it talking with dean brody ahead of howl at the moon uh i mean you've got so many great songs which ones do you most enjoy playing on stage i mean like uh that you look forward to in the set list 
Is there one or two that maybe stand out? Yeah, definitely the fun ones. Like, it's Friday. I don't know that one stands out. Obviously, bring down the house is, like, it's crazy, and everyone goes wild, and we have so much fun playing it. I think Time is probably my favorite, because that's usually the one song in the show where we kind of bring it down. It's usually just me playing guitar with maybe Scott on keys, and it's just special for me. Like, when I, every time I sing that song, I can I just get lost in it, you know, and sometimes I... Not that I forget that anybody else is around, but I can really get lost in that song. And and uh, so I'd say, yeah, probably time. Black Sheep, the new album. <laughs> How do you come up with a title like Black Sheep for your album? <laughs> My drummer, uh, Lyle Mozan, he wears a hat all the time. It says Black Sheep on it. And uh, I thought a song had been written. I, would be, I was like, okay, there's no way that this song's in Whiskey in a Teacup. I was like, okay, that song's got to have been written. I Google it and it's like, no, no. Or maybe it's like alternative rock or something. So I saw Black Sheep, and I'm like, okay, i got to write this song. And, and yeah, just, I thought a lot of us can relate to being a Black Sheep, like being a little bit of an outsider, just feeling like you don't quite fit into a group of people. And I just think it's a universal feeling for us all, for us humans. And so I'm like, i got to write this song. And, and it, it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait for everybody to, to hear it like on the radio. It's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see how it does, but I think it'll resonate. I do, hope it does. Do you track that stuff? Like, do you keep an eye on, on what your new songs are doing uh, what, and where they're maybe charted on uh, on different levels? I usually pay attention to, like, I let it just run its course, and we've got amazing people that, that work our music, like, behind the scenes. And and I just, I just usually wait until, you know, a few months in, and then I'll ask Amber or whoever's working the single, i say, hey, we, how are we doing? And, and uh, she'll tell me, and it, I just I just have such a great team, and I just trust that they're going to do the best they can. And if the song's not good enough, it just won't do good. And if it does well, then I'm just happy. So I've been really, really fortunate. Like, my team and then you guys playing the songs and my fans loving what I do and loving the band and stuff like that all, it's just uh, it's so encouraging to me. But, but to answer your question, I don't watch the charts. I don't actually have a, a way to look at the charts right now. But I do ask my radio person, I say, how are we doing this week every once in a while? <laughs> well, Whiskey and the Teacups, uh, I think at number three and still going strong. And you touched on that one a little bit. A little surprise that maybe no one's come up with that before. But that is a very unique song for you. Uh, just take us through the process of what that's like and uh, what it's like to uh, to hear it back on the radio. Yeah. Well, I've seen the this, this saying a couple times down here in the U.S. Actually, quite a bit. Like, she's Whiskey and a Teacup or I'm Whiskey and a Teacup. I thought it was kind of cool, like. Andrea, my wife, she's like super like that. Like you see, she seems like super gentle and super sweet, but she does have like this sassy side to her once you get to know her. And so I feel like a lot of women are that way. Or even us guys, like we have something we present to people that just know us on the surface, but then we also, there's another side of us that's a little bit more, a little bit more edgy, a little bit more wild. Oh yeah. So yeah, just wrote the song and, and it took off, man. It took off and, um, but it's always a mystery to me, like what song does good and what song doesn't. There's been a couple that I thought, oh, this is going to do great, and then it kind of doesn't work, you know, like Beautiful Freak Show. Uh, I had so much fun doing that song, man, and with Chevy and it about a country boy and a city girl and singing back and forth and stuff, but it just didn't do good. And I thought it would because Bring Down the House did awesome, and I had a lot of fun writing it. But then songs like uh, Time, which I thought would just be, I actually almost didn't record it. Then a song like that just kind of, it's like a career song, and so 
it kind of humbles you. You don't really know what's going to work until it's out there and, and people respond and they, they respond by either listening or, or not. And it's pretty easy at that point. I just have a couple more for you before we let you go. You talk about uh, not really knowing which song is going to do well and which one won't. Does the music industry surprise you in the way that it kind of ebbs and flows and the way that it's kind of been going? I mean, you're at the heartbeat of it down there in Nashville, but it's changed a lot over the last you know couple of years even. Are you surprised at how much it, it changes? It's changed so much, man. And I'd say the biggest thing is it, it doesn't necessarily lean fully pop or fully like old school country. It's kind of, it runs the gamut. Like you have super pop songs, Kelsey Ballerini songs, and then you have stuff like Chris Stapleton. Yeah. And, and you know, it's just, it's all over the place, which I love. I think it's awesome. I think it's healthy. I don't think, I think the, the country music scene's never been like more vibrant mm-hmm. and alive. And I think it's because of that broad spectrum of music. And if like you're a country fan, like the old stuff, you can find it. Like you've got your Chris Stapletons, you've got Jamie Johnson, you've got that kind of stuff. Dirks will throw in there once in a while. But then if you want more of a pop edge, you just go listen to Lady Adam Bellum or Kelsey Ballerini. Or like, it's kind of cool. It's like a smorgasbord. And if you grew up in the country or you love that way of life, you're going to find something in this broad spectrum of music called country that you're going to like. It seemed like country, when it first started, was maybe very closed off. Like It was about story, was telling stories and you, you know you had to be from a certain background. Now it seems like no matter what walk of life you're in, man, like you can be part of a part of a country family yeah it's true man even like i find like city folks so they love country music and it's it really is a a genre that that kind of welcomes everybody into it especially now but you're right there was a day and age when it was like there was a box you had to write in there Mm -hmm. was a place you needed to be from if you were north of the mason dixon line it would be like (laughs) it's it's tougher on you right yeah canadian it'd be tough oh yeah you get two chords and you got to tell a story that uh, maybe only six people can live. It's, it's a strange, it was yeah. a strange time. Chris Stapleton's yeah. on a track now with Ed Sheeran. It's crazy. Right? <laughs> I, know. I love it, man. I feel like the iTunes, the streaming world has kind of brought everybody. Everyone has playlists. Um, we used to call them mixtapes back yeah. in the day. But, yeah, of all these different genres. And it's because it's so accessible now. And so I feel like even people that are, like, super into, like, gangster rap <laughs> might have an Ed Sheeran song. On their playlist, you know. Yeah, totally. Or, or you're like now, guy. Stapleton song. Exactly. Somebody who's listening to all Chris Stapleton's going to get into Ed Sheeran now, and it's just nuts. Uh, two yeah. more for you. Uh, this morning we had a little boy come through the station. He won a contest. He was a uh, an everyday kids uh, person who won because he played the ukulele, and he actually is one of your biggest fans. And he recorded a message for you. Okay. Okay. Honey, Modi, love to come see you in concert again. I started playing ukulele. Because? I love your music. That's right. Thank you for your all your good songs. All right. That boy is, I think, four or five years old. What do you think of when you hear that little guy? <laughs> oh, that is so cute, man. That is That makes my day. Uh You've inspired a lot of people, you know, with your music and with your songs and and even young men like AJ to uh to pick up instruments. When you sit back, like do do you take a couple moments to appreciate, you know, the the platform you've had and the impact you've had on the lives of people? Yeah, for sure. I remember when I was probably AJ's age or maybe a little bit older, there was someone in my cul-de-sac that had a record and I thought he was like so amazing just because he had a record and his face was on the front. 
And so you realize that people really do look up to you, whether you feel like you, you deserve it or not. It just happens. And so when someone like AJ, um, it's the ultimate compliment when somebody says, I want to do what you do and you inspire me to, to do this. That's like the ultimate um, encouragement to us artists, or for me anyway. So AJ, thanks so much for that sweet message. And I hope that you continue to do music and rock the ukulele and have an amazing summer, bud. So good to hear from you. Thank you for that message if you're listening. Last one with you, uh, Dean. Uh, Friday night, Howl at the Moon. What can fans expect from a Dean Brody concert? And, man, we're so excited, but what can fans expect from you? Uh, Lots of energy, high octane. We're going to bring it hard and fast. And, yeah, look out. It's going to be a fun night, man. We've been looking forward to this all summer. It's kind of our only huge show this summer. So we're going to bring it all. And I'm heading out that way tomorrow to be with the guys. And we're going to we're going to head your way and just have an awesome time. Mr. Dean Brody, thank you so much for taking so much time for us today. We really appreciate it. All right, man. 